GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me, as always, is my buddy, the Arcade Phantom, Sean. How's it going, Craig? Craig, we're not alone in here. No, we're not. We've brought in two special guests at once. So joining us again from the Legend of Retro is The Glitch. Hey, everyone. What's up? This is The Glitch. And Glitch, you brought someone else very special to you as well. Is that right? I brought my wife, Danielle. Hi, everybody. This is Danielle. Danielle, great to have you on the show. Uh, Glitch, you're our, our not only our first guest, you're our first repeat guest. Great to have you back. And Danielle, uh, always great to hang out with you as well. Uh, and you, uh, I mean, you know, we know the Glitch is a huge Simpsons fan, of course, since, you know, he's been on a previous episode. But you're also a, a crazy big fan of the Simpsons. Is that right? Oh, I would say much bigger than him. Even bigger than the glitch. Honestly, I would second that. Wow. wow that's awesome. Bold <laughs> statement, and it's backed up. I, I'm impressed. We're going to snob out about Simpsons right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so today, we're talking about one of the classics, Bart the Daredevil. Sean, when did this episode first air? This episode first aired December 6, 1990. Yeah, so in this episode, the Simpson family goes to a monster truck show where Bart is inspired by a daredevil and decides that he'd like to uh, get the same thrills in life. Uh, now, uh, uh, Sean, uh, even the glitch, uh, what kind of uh, stuff was going on in the time? So, I got some video game news for you guys, actually. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, not too long after this episode, December 14th, Mm-hmm. Commander Keen's first release came out. <laughs> Commander Keen? Commander Keen. It's like a, a PC game, it's right? It's a PC side-scroller created by, it was programmed by John Romero and John Carmack, who would later go on to make Doom. Yeah. I feel like Commander Keen is a far cry from Doom. <laughs> like a very far cry from Doom, right? It's a little happier, a little bit. I mean, in the latest Doom, there's actually a Commander Keen Easter egg. Oh, that's In one of the levels, cool. you can find like a Commander Keen helmet. All right, that's pretty great. Uh, Glitch, what do you have for us? Uh, I got the number one single that was out at the time this episode was released, mm-hmm. and that was by Whitney Houston. The song was I'm Your Baby Tonight. I'm Your Baby. I, I, I like Whitney Houston. I think this was like prime Whitney for me. Uh, I, she went on to do the uh, opening song to Goldeneye, didn't she? When that was that? No. Who was that? I don't remember who did the opening song to Goldeneye, and that's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a I mean I God was it I uh, I uh, uh, Whitney Houston I felt like it was maybe it wasn't I uh, now I uh, uh, as far as that goes while I'm uh, so you're asking the wrong person I know nothing about any of the James Bond movies I uh, that is one of the few things I just have not seen a single movie. In the franchise. Not one of the few things. You don't watch movies. I'm That's sorry. true. Actually, that is true. I don't watch movies at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Tina Turner. I'm way off. Okay. Uh, I, it was Tina Turner who uh, uh, sang the opening to uh, GoldenEye. I don't know why I was thinking Whitney Houston. No, you know what? I have that same thing. I do the same thing with Whitney Houston and Tina Turner. Like, well, them. I'm glad I'm not alone. It's like a weird thing. I don't really think they look alike. They don't really sound alike, but it's kind of like, it's weird. But Maybe it's just sort of that era. It's just they were both right. singers. And, well, they're just yeah. bo- very powerful female Singers. Yeah, and that must be it. Uh, now, I, uh, of course, I have uh, a little bit heavier of news because I always do. Frank, <laughs> do you ever have happy news? <laughs> ever? You know what? Uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I had that time where we talked about the, the, the prices of food and how they've gone up a ton. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. I mean, super Craig, I know the solution. You need to stop going to darkweb.net <laughs> to look up the news no, for the day. No, I won't. I, it's the Detroit Free Press. But the news is always depressing. So here we go. Uh, uh, at this time in the world, uh, Iraq had formally agreed to have diplomatic talks with the U.S. about the Persian Gulf crisis, where Iraq had occupied Kuwait. Now, here's the thing. Uh, they, they weren't complying with the United Nations demands. They didn't do that, but they were going to have a talk with the U.S., uh, George Bush did not feel very confident that Saddam Hussein was going to start moving out of Kuwait. At this time, George Bush is basically telling us, yeah, no, we're probably going to war, guys. Hmm. This, is, this is probably what's coming. Uh, and, I mean, you know, we'll, we do know that, you know, Operation uh, Desert Shield is going to turn into Desert Storm here soon. So that's something to look forward to in the coming episodes. 
But let's go ahead and jump right into uh, Bart the Daredevil. So uh, right at the start of the episode here, I... We have, uh, what is it? It's uh, Bart and Homer both simultaneously watching world-class wrestling, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's live from the Springfield Theater of Performing Arts. And uh, did you guys catch the wrestlers' names? No. There was um, Rasputin the Mad Russian, right? Oh, no. Rasputin the Friendly Russian. Friendly Russian, right. They had to change his personality. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Uh, like, like Lisa makes some kind of rem- like weird remark about how, like, uh, like there was, like, like there had to be, like, a change to his name. But, like, they don't really go very in-depth on it, which is weird. Uh, Rasputin, of course, is based on the, uh, the, the man who befriended the czar. Uh, long ago, and it was eventually executed. And some say he lived. Uh, but I uh, yeah, the tale of Rasputin is actually fantastic. If you hear like, the weird. legends of him, where he was stabbed in the back multiple times and lived. Yeah, he was supposedly poisoned and lived. Uh, like, didn't they have to like take him out, and execute him, and throw him in a river or something to finally get rid of him? I mean, according to the rumors and the stories, yes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> so there, so he might still be out there, like in that cartoon, Anastasia. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> He's like an undead wizard, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, uh, she's also owned by uh, Disney now, because she was a fox princess. Oh. So Anastasia, yeah, you're a Disney princess now. Good job. You got leveled up there, Anastasia. Just like Malibu Stacy's a princess. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that... I don't... I'm not... I hate you, Sean. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so, I, I, so while Bart, Lisa, Milhouse, Lewis, and Franklin are watching, uh, a challenger appears. And the challenger is from the University of Heidelberg. Werner von Braun, and that's uh, Braun with a W. Werner von Braun, uh, with a U, um, was a German scientist who helped create the V-2 rocket. And he was a member of the German SS during World War II. And... <clears throat> In my research, I found that during Operation Paperclip, America brought over 1,600 German scientists, some of whom were Nazis, to America to give them an advantage over the Soviets. And, and, yeah. Yeah. um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you looked into that as well, uh, 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 Danielle? I, I'm a huge, like, World War II buff. Yeah. So, like, I know a lot of that stuff. Like, mostly the Holocaust aspect, but mm-hmm. I certainly know a lot of that. But anyway, yeah, they brought a lot of people over and just kind of pardoned them. Yeah, no big deal. You were an SS yeah. member? <laughs> yeah, but you can help us b- defeat the Soviets and get us to the moon, right? So we win, right? right. Like, right. okay, yeah, you're in. So what's really funny about that is I actually grew up with my grandfather who worked at NASA. He worked at NASA during the space program, and he worked with a lot of people who were former Ju- Germans who were in World War II. Oh. And he would tell me stories where he'd be like, yeah, they'd be outcasted. We wouldn't talk to them, but they'd be really smart, so they'd like do the math problems for this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So I uh, so <laughs> while these two wrestlers are fighting, I uh, you know we see that I uh, oh uh, also Werner von Braun is in the Simpsons arcade game, isn't he? Uh, glitch. Um yeah, you fight him in. Uh, he's the wrestler. That you fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, wrestler in what level? It's one? It's the first level. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the boss in one of the uh, Simpson or the Simpsons arcade game. Well, one of them anyway. Yeah. I. Uh, so yeah, the the scene keeps transitioning between uh, like Bart and Homer, and it's showing how similar they are, which is kind of interesting. You know, it sort of shows that I, uh, as much as Bart is loath to admit it, he's a lot more like his dad than he'd like. I also feel it shows like how immature Homer is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's that too. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's, because it's, everything <laughs> Bart is doing is something you'd expect out of a ten year old, nine year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then yeah, Homer's doing the exact same thing. You shuffle your feet, move, you lose your seat. Yeah, he, like Bart steals Milhouse's spot, is it? Yeah, he steals Milhouse's yeah. spot off the couch when he goes to the bathroom. What a jerk. What a jerk. And yeah, and then he's, uh, Homer steals Barney's seat, right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I... Uh, also, Mo still has a black and white TV. I, I mean, for our younger listeners... Like yeah, bl- like there were like before color TV, it was black and white, and in a lot, I feel like in probably a lot of bars and stuff, like more cheaper places, there probably was still black and white TVs into the eighties. I don't know about as much into the early nineties, but I do feel like in that era, you know, late seventies, early eighties, there probably were a lot of black and white TVs and bars and stuff because, you know, they weren't gonna pay a bunch of money to get a whole new color TV or anything, right? I mean, right. <laughs> 
I mean, you have a color TV, you have a big Super Bowl party at your bar, you bring a bunch of people in. So it is a business thing. I guess that's true. You have sporting events, you bring people in, it could be the World Series. So is Mo just the worst, is basically what we're saying. <laughs> Listen, Mo made his choice. He got a love taster, he got a mechanical bull, he just didn't get cable for the bar or color TVs. Mo's just bad. All right, fair enough. And so they're watching, and a commercial comes on. And we have a commercial for uh, at the Springfield Speedway this Saturday, a monster truck uh, show. Uh, I looked into it, and all the drivers they list are, I don't believe are real drivers. Unless they were maybe uh, real at that time, and they just didn't really get recorded in like the Internet's database, really. Uh, none of the names I was able to find. Uh, but... There is something that is a little real here, isn't there? So, before we get to what is real here, uh-huh. this commercial bugs the crap out of me. I want to know if it bugs you guys, too. Yeah? It's the animation from later in the episode when their car is being crushed. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. cheaply used the animation for that and made that the commercial. You you would think that Bart and, and like, well, actually, it would be, you think that Homer in the bar and Bart, Lisa, and all of the friends would be like, oh, hey, that's your car. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Is that you in the in the passengers? What's going on? Is that is that mom in the passengers? See what's going on there. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, they just reuse the animation and uh, we see Truckasaurus, affectionately known as John Truckasaurus in later episodes. I. <laughs> uh, Mm-hmm. Who's he uh, got a celebrity voice of? <laughs> Marlon Brando, but uh, celebrity voices may be impersonated. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Truckasaurus is kind of real. Did you guys know this? Yeah, they base it off of an actual truck shaped like a dinosaur called Megasaurus. It's so cool! <laughs> yeah, so this... this uh, uh, is it Megasaurus or Robosaurus? They said Megasaurus. Really? Yes. I Because uh, I, I know there was also a Robosaurus around that time, too. Because in 1989, some maniac built a real hydraulic transforming dinosaur robot! That maniac is Doug Malwicky. He's amazing. This it's ridiculous. It is. Yeah, they say in the um in the commentary they talk about it and they say that it was Megasaurus. Oh. And they were so happy that that was the name because they were able to get away with Truckasaurus and not get sued. <laughs> that's great. Uh yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, uh Sean and I uh weeks ago found out about this and so we like started doing like YouTube searches and there's all these YouTube videos. So if you got the time, go ahead and search for Megasaurus, Robosaurus, whatever whatever it's called there, there's probably multiple i'm sure there's oh, yeah. i'm sure there's multiple maniacs who have made <laughs> giant dinosaur robots i think i searched truckosaurus and found it for us okay i uh, and so yeah it's like it's crazy because like the uh, uh it's like a, a local news segment is what we were watching and this thing is just like tearing cars apart it like blows fire on them and stuff and it really makes you think Maybe someday I am going to get a Gundam. <laughs> Maybe someday I am going to have a giant robot that transforms and I'm going to be able to right. rule the world with a giant dinosaur robot. Well, if you want that, become friends with Doug Malwicky, not me. <laughs> because this guy's a maniac. Shout out to Doug. Do you want to be my new co-host? Listen to some of the stuff this guy has made. Because okay. he hasn't just made this right. robo-megasaurus thing. Uh-huh. He made the X-1 Sky Cycle and the what? Sky Cycle X-2, the rocket-powered motorcycles that Evil Knievel used to shoot over Snake River Canyon, which is later going to be referenced. <laughs> he also designed the Droid of Death, which is a wing-morphing, unmanned aerial vehicle. It's under development and testing by DARPA currently. What? And he's patented the kite cycle for Stuntman and Daredevil to reach world records. Kite cycle? I don't know what the kite cycle is, but that sounds like a villain vehicle. I just imagine, like... Like somebody on a kite that's spinning like the wheels of like a motorcycle and is just flying through the air. I just imagine the most like unholy abomination of a robot. I imagine a motorcycle with a kite on the front of it that can fly, <laughs> but only if there's wind. What, what do you guys imagine? It sounds like something out of a Hanna Barbera cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it really does. <laughs> oh man, so I, so I, I, Bart and Homer see this commercial, and they immediately fall in love with this stupid truckosaurus, this giant dinosaur robot. And I don't blame him, because I think I would have, too, if I saw that commercial as a kid. Uh, And Homer leaves the bar. Bart rushes outside. 
I don't know how Homer gets there that fast. <laughs> kind of weird now that I'm thinking about well, it. Well, he was drinking. It enhances your driving skills. You know that, right? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe Bart had to kick his friends out. Be like, oh my god, I gotta go. Gotta go. I gotta talk to my dad. And that could be, but we see Bart just sort of run off. He just sort of leaves his friends. Do you think, like, Millhouse was sitting there for five, ten minutes and was finally like, yeah, okay, I guess we're just gonna go? <laughs> right. I, I guess we're out of here? I... Uh, and uh, uh, you know they're super uh, uh, excited. In fact, uh, the, the commercial says, uh, "If you miss this, you better be dead or in jail. <laughs> and if you're in jail, break out," uh, which is uh, amazing. I, uh, I uh, now I, uh, I, uh, they they start like it, they're at the dinner table next, right? And they're talking about how they're totally going to this thing. Uh, and uh, Homer and Bart legitimately start crying because Lisa has a recital. Yeah. Uh, and she also says that uh, they better start looking for a child therapist uh, on Sunday because the recital, a recital is Saturday at 5. But, Craig, uh-huh. Trichosaurus is one night only. One night only. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I got to say, I never really got into monster trucks. I never really got into the dirt, uh, dirt, you know, dirt bike derbies and stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. But those commercials are so catchy that the voice is still in my head after all these years of the guy going, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Like, is that still in your guys' head? In my head, it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, you know, whatever the day of the week. But it's still (laughs) that, like, repetitive, like, announcer just blasting the the names. You know, and that's the thing, too, is, like, Mm -hmm. if you see, like, they have those, like, monster truck commercials now, the monster truck rally commercials. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even sound anywhere near that. But when I replay that in my head, that's all I hear. (laughs) So (laughs) as soon as the commercial's over. Over, you immediately have that like Sunday, That's, Sunday, yeah. Sunday. I will say in that commercial mm-hmm. show, uh, I forgot to mention. I love that one of the motorcycle players that uh, they, they jump up and they they throw the basketball uh-huh. through the hoop. Uh, the last guy misses, which I think is hilarious because normally in those commercials they have like the best footage of what's going on, and the best thing they could get was was Just some guy missing, two guys making, and the other guy missing. It's all it's kind of interesting that they took the time to animate him missing. Uh, well, you know, we, uh, when we were listening to it, Matt Groening said that mm-hmm. that was the start of Futurama for him. He saw how good the animation was in that scene. Like, uh-huh. they they really took the time to animate that. Uh-huh. And so he wanted to create a show where the animation was, like, really insane. People wanted to actually animate it. Yeah. And that's how Futurama came about. Oh, interesting. Because he wanted people to, like draw spaceships and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was trying to pull his animators in to w- really be excited about drawing. And that one scene inspired that. It's interesting that it's it's the dirt bike rally, the monster <laughs> truck show from the episode where Bart wants to be a daredevil is where he was like, yeah, spaceships. <laughs> yeah. Are any of you sad that it wasn't a monster truck show? Because I kind of want a monster truck show. Now. <laughs> monster truck show? I mean, I love Futurama, so I, yeah. I, I love Futurama too, but man, that would be cool. <laughs> Just imagine, instead of they're in space, they're at a dirt bike rally. That's pretty much the same, right? Kind of? <laughs> sort of? Not really? Uh... Well, I mean, the RV is the closest we're going to get to a spaceship, so... I mean, it's kind of like a land spaceship, right? (laughs) Sort of. Get me an RV, pretend I'm Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) So, I... Uh, a couple of things here. So, of course, the the monster truck show is at eight. So Bart and Homer are super excited. They get to go to Lisa's recital and, you know, make it to that after. Did you guys catch what they were eating? No. It looked like a purple casserole. Yeah, like right? gruel. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I don't think I wanted any. No. Uh, Food usually looks terrible on The Simpsons. It's weird because sometimes it looks okay and it looks like a regular meal, and then other times it is. It's like weird purple goop, and it's just like the animators at that point were just like, ah, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Throw it in whatever, you know. I. Uh, but yeah, so the the scene transitions, and uh, we have uh, Skinner, uh, who is uh, introducing the uh, recital, uh, and he says that he doesn't want to flick the lights on and off uh, as the parents are all still talking, <laughs> which is great. I love it. I uh, now I I Skinner introduces that they're going to play Schu- uh, Schubert's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sherbert. Excuse me, Schubert's uh, unfinished symphony, and Homer remarks that, "Oh, good, it's unfinished. It shouldn't take too long." <laughs> Uh, Franz Schubert uh, was a composer who left a ton of music behind, uh, but he only lived to 31. He died really young. Officially, it said that he died of typhoid fever. 
a lot of historians feel like he uh, died of mercury poisoning because he was it was supposed to be a cure for syphilis back then. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he probably had syphilis, is what everyone's. Was well, uh, that what thinking. they assume that Mozart had as well? He died from syphilis. Probably. I mean, I I, I don't know, <laughs> but probably so many people were dying of syphilis. So his unfinished symphony, Symphony Number no. Eight, uh-huh. which they're gonna play. Yeah. Typically clocks in at about twenty-seven to twenty-eight minutes long. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that seems very advanced for an elementary school recital. Yeah, super advanced. Oh, I was for, in, yeah. I was in band all throughout middle school, and we didn't do anything that big. I yeah, I, I never was in band or anything, but like, I mean, that's a, a seems like a pretty long symphony to be you know playing you know for a kid's elementary school recital well, yeah and they do like some crazy stuff and one of the things i love about the simpsons uh-huh. is all the background stuff yeah and one of the things that you notice in that scene is that four cannons are being shot <laughs> yeah <laughs> they have four cannons that's i mean like i don't know that i would trust kids with one cannon let alone four <laughs> what does springfield elementary have those cannons for uh, just I mean, band recitals, or is it like Shelbyville's waging war with them? And they gotta keep them at bay. I mean, honestly, it's it's Springfield Elementary. We perpetually see that the school is the dumps, and it's like the worst. I would not be surprised if they had some other terrible uses for those four cannons. Okay, so they were stolen from a field trip. <laughs> Probably stolen from yeah. a field trip. Uh, it's uh, just like when they uh, uh, went to uh, Fort Springfield and they uh, clip the uh, cannon as they come in. <laughs> but we don't leave it loaded. That would just be dumb. <laughs> It's just common sense. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I, uh, so in the middle, this is this to me is probably one of the examples of Homer being like at like some of his worst at when it comes to annoying. In the middle of the recital, he starts clapping because he somehow thinks that he's going to get them to end the recital early, <laughs> and it's like, uh, it, like I, I would lose my shit. I would lose my shit if somebody next to me just suddenly was like, yeah, woo, started clapping and stuff. And the recital was like still going and just be like, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> Knock it off. I now I I there are uh, I, a few of the kids that uh, we, you know, I, I, you know, know, of course, from The Simpsons in the, the, the group. One that I thought was kind of interesting is we see Todd, of course, playing the violin because Flanders starts crying when uh, he plays. And Homer's like, ah, it's not that bad. <laughs> That's my favorite joke of the entire episode right there. <laughs> uh, my I, boy. <laughs> I love that in the crowd you can see that the person sitting, sitting behind Marge is like has to like look around her hair because her hair is just in the way of everything. Oh man! Uh, and then uh, so when Lisa does her solo, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I, I was just drawn to Wendell. Right? <laughs> He's just sitting there with the blankest stare. He's like, seen some shit. I mean, I know Wendell goes through a lot. He gets sick pretty easy, as we'll find out a little bit later. But he's just like, uh, don't throw up. Don't throw up. Like that's just the look he has on his face. I yeah. I, I specifically in my notes, the exact way I have it worded is Wendell has seen some shit. <laughs> that is that is it, how I have it written in my notes. Is, is Wendell's seen some shit? He has such a weird expression on his face. So I'm glad that you caught that too. I uh, I also love that Homer does helps Lisa bow. So they they finish the the uh, recital. Homer rushes up, grabs Lisa, gr- runs off stage, runs back. Helps her bow, looks around weirdly, and then runs off again. It's kind of like a like. I mean, obviously, The Simpsons is a cartoon, but to me, that is one of the more cartoony moments. Is like that. That seems like Looney Tune style timing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And I, it was I really just missing. It, it was just missing like the dust <clears throat> from moving too fast. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The the cloud. Yeah, the, the cloud <laughs> of dust. <laughs> Mr. Simpson. <laughs> Mr. Simpson. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what's kind of weird is so they start driving to the uh, uh, the you know monster truck rally. Homer's singing along to the song, but it's not really Schubert Symphony he's singing. <laughs> no. He's singing uh, what is it the 1812 Overture? I think. Yes, he's doing the 1812 Overture because it's da 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 honk honk. Yeah, it's so he's driving around super fast, weaving into traffic <laughs> and stuff, and that wasn't Schubert Symphony. I mean, I. I I'm glad that Homer's, you know, has an appreciation for, uh, you know, uh, classical music, but it's, I mean, unless they played another song that we didn't catch. Yeah. They had to have played another song because they're leaving and they're on time. It's probably like 7 p.m. So they had to do at least two hours worth of music. That's a long, long (laughs) children's recital. Yeah. I would imagine. I, I, I don't, I don't know that when I was in elementary school, I ever saw elementary kids playing 
classical music, like recitals and stuff. Did you guys? I, not playing instruments, but I've been to my fair share of like choir things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My niece, being in elementary school, yeah. uh, they can take quite a long time because they have to go through like all of the different grades. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're there for a little bit. <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, like in this case, we only see the same uh, uh, Springfield, like, you know, yeah. symphony gr- uh, group or orchestra group. Whatever, Unless they did like know. an encore. So, like, that maybe they started the recital. The other, well, I don't know, because because uh, Todd's on the same grade as Lisa, is he? Uh, no, he's. Uh, so uh, it could have been a mixed grade recital then. Yeah, because Todd, it's what Todd is a year younger than Lisa, and uh, oh no, they're in between. So I think Todd is supposed to be in third grade. So Lisa's second, Todd is third, Bart's fourth, and I think Rod is fifth grade. Isn't that kind of how it works? Because they're they're not in the same grade. They're like, and I know Rod is a little older than Bart. That's sort of what I figured. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Got to be somewhere around there because we do see Rod and Todd at Springfield Elementary, so yeah. we know they're both in elementary. But even school. so, like Wendell as well, like he's yeah. in Bart's class. So, oh yeah, yeah. So it, I, and I think we see, you know, like I don't know, was because I know Lewis is in the opening to the show in the uh, music group for Springfield Elementary. Was he in the the orchestra playing? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. It should be a mixed grade performance if it's anything like the later performances they have. Mm-hmm. Because when all the kids are getting their appendixes out, it's Martin Prince, Ralph Wiggum, and Lisa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ralph Wiggum with a flute up his nose. <laughs> That's some good flute in there, son. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did you guys uh, uh, happen to catch, it's a real, real quick shot while they're on the freeway, who's in the taxi? Yeah. Yeah, who is yeah. it, Danielle? Bleeding Gums Murphy. Bleeding Gums Murphy's in a taxi. I thought that was cool. Just a random side character that we already know. Oh, that's that's the best thing. I love all of the background things that they do. Like you can miss so much. You really have to watch. Yeah, you. It, it is interesting that like with the Simpsons, like like when I'm doing the research, I'm perpetually pausing and I'm like, I had no idea this was there. And like <laughs> you know, there's so many times stuff like that happens. Now, I do you guys think it should be so easy? For the Simpson family to be able to get on to or like inside Springfield Speedway from the parking lot, don't you think they should have security guards? Yeah, or a gate? Absolutely, something they should. <laughs> but it's Springfield. Fair enough. It's right. Springfield's very inept at everything. Yeah. They well, do. Also, that's very true. Like, so the Truckasaurus isn't being operated by a person that wouldn't know to not pick up his car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is remote controlled. I, uh, I mean, but once again, it's Springfield and nobody cares. Right. Uh, so I, uh, the I uh, truck of source did feel bad for what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, they ride ride in, and Homer gets stuck in the mud, and he's not paying attention, and like it, it's kind of almost this weird horror movie moment for the Simpsons, as the shadow sort of looms up behind mm-hmm. the the car, and the car gets you know, or or truck of swords gets up close to the car, breathes fire. And they all roll up their windows. <laughs> oh, well, the Bart's like, ooh, Truckosaurus. And Homer's like, where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so Truckosaurus breathes fire. They roll up their windows. And I, I, and the scene sort of ends. I, now, the transition, though, does not show the damage happening to the car. It only shows the after effects, which is kind of an interesting way of handling it and sort of speeding the episode along. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it was it was I mean, it, it's kind of a shame we didn't see the damage, but like the damage would have murdered them in real life, you know. Uh, so the I mean easy 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 correct. Mm-hmm. I mean there was no frame damage. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. We're absolutely going to get to that. So I uh, I also love the fact that Bart is like laughing and yelling pull pull you dogs like as the, like like the, the, the random like workers are trying to pull this uh, Homer out of the uh, car. I uh, now I uh, the insurance adjuster says there is no frame damage. And so we, uh, Sean and I, have a buddy named Tank. Uh, Tank and I, uh, or Tank, Sean and I, have known each other for years. In fact, uh, you guys went to the same elementary school, oh, right, yeah, Sean? I, I've known Tank since we were five years old. Yeah. So. You, guys, you guys have known each other forever. I've known him since, like, middle school. And uh, uh, Tank's been our buddy forever. And uh, so, like, Tank works for an insurance company. And so uh, we were hanging out with him, and I was like, Tank, I was like, can I show you something? And he's like, yeah, what? And I show him a a screenshot from the episode, and he's like, what the hell is this? And I was like, 
would you consider this as having frame damage? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, bring up the episode. Let me see it. <laughs> so like, we start. Well, I show him the scene in the episode. And he's like sitting there watching. It. He's like staring at. It. He's like legitimately giving it in like an insurance adjuster's uh, view. And he's like. He's like, you know, he's like, there's not as much frame damage as you would think, considering the amount of damage on the car. He's like, however, he's like, do you see the like the buckling of like the what was it the uh, uh like where the the door frame was? How yeah, it, like, it was buckled? the buckling of the door frame. Yeah, he's like the buckling of the door frame. He's like, that's frame damage. He's like, that would count as frame damage. He's like, a lot of the rest of this stuff is not. And I was like, really? I was like, so is this a total loss? He looks at it. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a total loss. I think it's just the way you're looking at it. I mean, clearly there's no frame damage. Uh, Homer actually gets the car fixed later. He does get the car fixed later. That is true. Yeah. Now, he gets the car fixed, but should it have been fixed? Because you can fix a lot of things if you have enough time and, and put enough money into it. But maybe you should have just got a new car instead. <laughs> yeah, but can you actually fix the frame of a car? I mean, not well, but like you could hammer it out. I'm sure it wouldn't look good. And let's face it, the Simpson car does not usually look all that great. Are you calling the adjuster a liar? <laughs> I think I'm calling the adjuster a liar. So here's my question I trust about the Tank adjuster. more than that cartoon <laughs> adjuster. I want you guys to think about this uh -huh. for a second. You're at a monster truck rally. Uh -huh. Somebody's car goes in there, gets destroyed, and an insurance adjuster has to come out. They have to rescue these people. Mm -hmm. Everyone in that crowd is sitting there watching this as he assesses this. They're there for probably an hour or two, just like, what's going on? What's happening? Wow, uh, this is the weirdest uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, event with Truckosaurus I've ever been to. This is the, absolutely the weirdest. So, uh, yeah, so they, they, they you know, they, uh, oh, uh, let's see, I... Uh, they have one event, though, after this, right? Uh, they do have an event after this, mm -hmm. but they didn't just get insurance money. They also got Truckasaurus's domestic champagne. <laughs> That's right. Uh, half, half a bottle. bottle half a yeah. bottle. Yeah. Yep. Half a bottle of the champagne. <laughs> Truckasaurus has its own champagne. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... That's just... He felt so bad. Uh, now, I, I... The next event, though, is Lance Murdoch. Lance Murdoch is, please, uh, uh, if he's not in action, then he's in traction, right? <laughs> uh, he's based on Evil Knievel, who is a stunt performer who made more than 75 attempts at ramp-to-ramp -ramp motorcycle jumps. Uh, he attempted to jump, attempted to jump Snake River Canyon in 1974 in a steam-powered uh, rocket, which I think would be the one that you mentioned. Yep, Doug Malwicky created it. Uh, and then he uh, he uh, passed away in 2007. Uh, are you guys? Uh, do you guys know what he died from? Uh, no. Uh, you would think a motorcycle accident, <laughs> but no, it was a pulmonary disease. Well, he was retired by then. Well, yeah, I know. It's just you know when you think evil can evil, you don't think heart disease. You think oh, he was like eaten by like a gorilla or something when he was trying <laughs> no. to jump over a jungle, right? Well, and he's done crazy things to himself too. Like one of the jumps he did, he had his appendix removed before he did the jump just so it wouldn't burst if he fell a certain way. <laughs> like there's like crazy stuff that he's done. Listen, I really need to make this jump, and I need as low a weight as possible, and Lord knows I ain't going on a diet, so I had the, do the doctor take out my appendix, one of my kidneys, and uh, part of my lung. Let's see if we can do this. <laughs> oh, and also I'm missing a lot of my back teeth. Don't worry about it. They were just weighing me down. So did you guys catch that Homer's beer mug says? No. Homer has a beer mug in this scene that says, I survived Truckasaurus. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the greatest joke ever. Dude, I want that. I've never survived Truckasaurus, but I really want that mug. And it actually looks like beer this time that he's drinking. Oh, he's not drinking popcorn? It's not just popcorn? Okay, no, good. it's not just popcorn. <laughs> so Lance Murdoch is going to jump a tank of water filled with a great white shark, electric eels, piranhas, alligator, and a lion. <laughs> and a lion. And a lion. The king of the jungle. <laughs> the king of the jungle, indeed, which is just all kinds of weird because it's the king of the jungle, but it lives in the savannah, and they're going to throw it in a tank of water. Well, and they put a snorkel on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I blocked that out of my mind. That is classic Matt Grading right there. Uh, you forgot the real element of danger, though. Oh, a dr drop. single drop of human blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh, and I love the fact that they drop the blood and the water just starts bubbling up yeah, and like uh, up. You, know, you see the eels rising up and stuff and like it's funny because like honestly piranha are not that dangerous 
if they're hungry, sure, they'll they'll bite at you. But like humans have like never once been recorded being eaten ever in like the Amazon. Uh, electric eels will shock you and hurt you, sure, but like unless you're really getting up in their business, that's you know not a huge deal. I uh, I mean even an alligator, unless it's like really really hungry, is just sort of going to keep its distance, you know. I. Uh, but, you know, we'll see that maybe it's not. Oh, and also great white sharks can't survive in captivity. So I don't know how the hell they got hold of that thing. Because you can't kill a great white shark that can survive wherever they want. Touche. But you know what? It probably died in that water tank because it can't <laughs> live in uh, uh, captivity. So they got it. They threw it in that tank and then it died. Maybe it was eaten by the lion. Uh, because I think it's bloodthirsty, which we're going to get to. <laughs> yeah. So if those all fought, do you think the lion would win? I mean, he's at a disadvantage because he's in the water, but he's the king of the jungle. And he I mean, does have that snorkel. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I, because I, I know the outcome of uh, what happens in this episode, that lion is it's, it's bloodthirsty. That thing is, not, <laughs> that thing is not leaving without eating half of what's in that tank. Uh, now, I, 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 you know, the the... The best part to me by far is they they he rides up he gets ready he goes to start uh, uh, flying across the thing everyone in the audience has their eyes closed mm-hmm. except for Bart <laughs> and he he makes it he totally makes it and and then he he uh, uh, what is it uh, uh, he like falls it like he falls in after yeah so he rides he, back up yeah he rides back up the ramp to stop and like wave to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, right? in and then like the all the water starts freaking out and he gets he's almost out and like he he gets to the edge the lion, the lion, which is my favorite part, just like jumps over, grabs him, pulls him back in, and gets ripped to shreds. And I, I gotta say, uh, every time I see that lion jump out of the water, I always just lose it. I always just start cracking up every time that lion looms out behind him, grabs him. So it's funny that you mentioned no one was looking when uh-huh. he jumped because no one looks away when he's being eaten by the lion. <laughs> They're all watching intently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh so the uh Lance Murdoch it, you know gives like a thumbs up or whatever and they pull him out and uh Bart says that he wants to be a uh, a daredevil. And Homer says something around the lines of uh uh kids say the stupidest things uh, cuz he like falls asleep and like dreams about it, right? Yeah, so he has like this dream sequence where he's the one performing the act with a great white shark and an eel in a tank and uh-huh. he's jumping over it. Um, you know, just in the same style that Murdoch did. Uh, but what I thought was funny, he's doing this, you know, he wakes up from this dream sequence and uh-huh. he says that Homer has to reach through a newly like hole in the <laughs> roof of the car because it was destroyed by Trugosaurus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I uh, now I, I, you know, Bart has this dream. He, he wants to be a daredevil and I, I, you know, the next day, Bart's ready to go. He has a ramp uh, by his parents' car. Um, maybe it's a little later than today because I think it's the car, their car and it's fixed, right? No, it's Marge's yeah, car. It's, Marge's it's the red car. car. Oh, okay. So it is the different car. So uh, uh, it's the different car. There's a ramp beside it. Bart, you know, he's got this on lockdown, right? This can't be too hard. <laughs> he goes, tries, and just like flips up in the air, falls back down. And the kids watching are like, oh, no, he's hurt. Bad. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and it it thus spawns the ongoing joke of the kids and other people seeing something bad happen and deciding to just get the hell out of there and run. I <laughs> uh, now I uh, uh, he gets uh, uh, sent to uh, uh, Springfield uh, Springfield Hospital uh, at this point. It's just called right. Yeah. Uh, and he sees Doctor Hibbert. Uh, and uh, you know Bart's pretty proud of his stitches. Uh, he's uh, uh, you know, and he, he's he's pretty excited about you know this like life of danger. And so uh, is it uh, Marge and Homer who asked Doctor Hibbert to sort of talk him out of it? Yeah, I thought so. And uh, uh, one kid uh, he sees uh, got a broken leg trying to be Superman. Uh, one was a head injury from a wrench in a wrestling match, which is amazing because we see in the previous wrestling match earlier in the episode, uh, Dr. Werner Von Braun smacks uh, uh, the, uh, uh, what was it, the uh, uh, Rasputin, the uh, happy Russian with a uh, wrench. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else? Uh, were there any other kids in there? 
Well, yep. he talks about the uh, the Three Stooges Ward. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't even want to get into that. <laughs> Uh, Mark, but, Mark says something though uh-huh. in this scene, which kind of thought I thought mm-hmm. was very strange. Or, yeah, I mean we'll see in a little bit. She says, "I never realized TV was such a dangerous influence." Ooh, we're which, gonna see that. Which in maybe a bit, you'll see we? here in uh, maybe an episode, <laughs> future episode. We're absolutely gonna see that. <laughs> maybe one we even gonna record. Anyway, so uh, it's actually mm-hmm. funny that you bring up the kid who broke his leg trying to be Superman. Uh huh. And by funny, I mean tragic. Oh, this is <laughs> going to get really depressing, isn't it? Because February 12th, 1979, a boy in Brooklyn who was four years old pretended he was Superman and fell from his apartment to his death. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah, he was in a coma for roughly a month after that, and then he passed away. Man. Wow. That's that's heavy. Yeah. That's super heavy. The Simpsons. Made light of it. <laughs> <laughs> Children dying is hilarious. Oh. Well, that, I mean, that they go farther with that in that scene, too, because when Marge says she didn't realize how dangerous TV was, Dr. Hibbert goes on. There's like 20 kids in this room, and he says, <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't, uh, that, that um, isn't too much, you know, because you got to consider the hours of um, great television that we get, you know, like he just like totally dismisses these 20 kids in here that are, you know, in these beds like, oh, whatever. I mean, you know, we get so much entertainment out of TV. It's no big deal. (laughs) I so I, I, you know, you know, Margin Homer think, okay, Bart's, you know, learning his lesson. Um, but he hasn't. He starts uh, 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 continuing and uh, uh, becomes sort of a local legend in the communities. He starts doing all these ridiculous tricks. Uh, now, at one point, he jumps over a pool. Uh, uh, and in that scene, you see Nelson in the pool, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, now, I... Uh, Another thing I noticed that was kind of interesting is uh, one of the kids on the side of the pool is the kid that Bart slaps in Bart the General. Uh, that kid we see there. Uh, there's also a time where he jumps over Homer uh, and uh, uh, he's like in a hammock. And like when everyone starts cheering, Homer wakes <laughs> up and he's like, oh, uh, hi, kids. Thanks. <laughs> uh, he jumps over like a bunch of dogs. But uh, not Santa's little helper. His own dog is not in that pile. Well, I mean, he doesn't want to risk his own dog. He'll risk right. other people's dogs. Uh, and so finally, they're on a spring or a trip, a field trip to Springfield Gorge. Uh, and while they're there, uh, Bart's lamenting the fact that, you know, he, he's, you know, you know, depressed that he, he can't, you know, think of a better, better, you know, tricks and stuff. He's, you know, run out of all of his uh, plans. But while they're standing there, Otto says something very, very peculiar. Otto bets that you could throw a dead body down that <laughs> gorge and nobody would ever find it. Like that's, that's not what an adult tells a kid, right? Otto is the best. Okay. Otto has another great line at the gorge coming up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so Bart says that he's going to jump the gorge. He he decides he wants to jump the gorge. That's going to be his like greatest uh, 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 you know trick. And um, Otto, as the only adult, uh, says that it would be cool. <laughs> he says, as the only uh, adult around, I feel like I should say, you know, uh, like tell you something. And Bart's like, yeah, what's that? And he's like, cool. Cool. <laughs> I also like the fact that, like, because this is a, a, a commercial transition, and and sometimes commercial transitions are like no big deal, it just sort of fades out, no biggie. And here, the wind kind of picks up from the gorge, and it's kind of this weird sort of like spooky moment, thinking, "Oh wow, Bart is gonna die." I mean, obviously, it's not going to, but like, you know, it's sort of this weird spooky scene. I uh, now, I uh, uh, when Lisa finds out about this, I uh, you know. Bart compares his daredevil work to Lisa's reading. He he's basically like, oh, it's you know just like you love reading, <laughs> which isn't entirely the way it should be. I uh, reading is dangerous, <laughs> immensely dangerous. I <laughs> uh, so Lisa sets up a meeting at Springfield General Hospital so she can meet Lance Mur or so Bart can meet Lance Murdoch in the hopes that you know Lance is going to talk Bart out of this because he's a kid, you know, but. Lance doesn't talk him out of it. <laughs> he he thinks it's great that Bart's interested in danger, and uh, he says, Bones heal, chicks dig scars, and the United States of America has the best doctor to daredevil ratio <laughs> in the world. <clears throat> Which, I don't know what the daredevil ratio is in America, so I couldn't fact check that one. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> 
I just I, I like no the idea. way he signs the autograph too. He puts the pen in his mouth and he's he's saying like <laughs> what he's trying to write and it just all scribbles. scribbles. <laughs> and it's long. It's like, dear Bart, your like your like your your uh, visit was like a ray of sunshine and an otherwise cloudy day and like all this other stuff. And then when you get it, it's just yeah, garbled mess. I think his signature actually looks better than my actual signature. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Lance Murdoch isn't any help, so Lisa tells on Bart, and she squeals because despite the extra attention she'd receive, she would miss him, <laughs> which is which is very, very, you know, very nice. And so they're just sort of sitting around the, the kitchen table, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just sort of like, you know, have to lecture Bart, essentially. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Homer needs to convince him to not do it. And uh, mm-hmm. and Bart says no. Well, do you have a the quote? I don't know what you. Oh, I uh, I don't think I have the specific quote. That's where Bart tells them like you can't stop me, right? You can't watch me twenty four hours a day. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and then Homer starts crying. <laughs> oh no, we can't oh. stop him. <laughs> and I just love because you see Homer through this like roller coaster of emotions throughout this entire episode. <laughs> He really does. Like, that's one really solid thing about this episode is the fact that, like, Homer's emotions just, like, ratchet back and forth. And I love the fact that as soon as Bart, like, you know, mouths off to him and runs up to his room, Homer immediately breaks down and he's like, (laughs) he is right. Our boy is doomed. doomed. And, like, and he immediately is, like, you know, just thinking Bart's going to die. And so uh, Marge sends Homer up to have a heart-to-heart with, you know, their boy. And Bart is halfway outside the window when Homer walks in, holding the skateboard ready to leave. Which is just like, what a shit. What a little shit. I would have done that. I'm well aware I, I would have done would've. that to my parents. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, Homer heart, uh, you know, has a heart to heart with Bart. And he's like, you can't do it. You got to promise me you won't. And this is another little shit moment from Bart because he's like, okay, I promise. He's, I won't do it. And uh, Homer goes downstairs, talks about how, like, okay, yeah, I had a heart-to-heart. And you see Bart just gracefully slide <laughs> by on the skateboard right out the kitchen window. Didn't even try to duck. He was that confident. Uh, but uh, Homer comes back in and uh, to, to play a game with Bart. He has a, a, a catcher's mitt, a ball, and uh, when he finds that Bart is missing, he gets mad and, and remarks that he was going to play pickle with him. Which, are you guys familiar with pickle? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, Danielle, go ahead and uh, let everyone know what pickle is as far as uh, catch games go. <laughs> so it requires at least three people. Right? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's the first thing. So there's two people throwing the ball back and forth and one person in the middle trying to get it. And who was going to be the third person? Was it going to be like like Santa's little helper? They had to make sure that Santa's little helper like couldn't get the ball. Was it going to be Lisa? They were going to force her to play with them. Uh, I have no clue. Maggie, it would have been Maggie. <laughs> they just set her in the middle and just toss the ball back and forth. Yeah, that, that's a really lame game of pickle. Uh, but uh, they could have used Santa's little helper. I mean, yeah, I guess that's sort of maybe the best bet. Uh, Bart and Lisa do that uh, eventually mm-hmm. when they try to tire uh, the dog out, <laughs> and it doesn't work. We can do this all night. <laughs> uh, I, that might be one of my favorite transitions in The Simpsons, them just falling asleep and pushing the ball back and forth to <laughs> and each then, other. And then Tails the Hopper so is like, like doing it doing for it himself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to the Springfield Gorge, and Bart is going to do it. Now everyone's all super excited, right? Now mm-hmm. I noticed in the scene, I pointed it out to Tony as they're like zeroing in on the scene. Le- they show Lisa's head, like she's at the jump. <laughs> <laughs> Despite her objections, it's her head, and they're like narrowing in. She's at the jump. Here comes all that sweet attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna start pouring in. So Bart rolling up to the gorge is obviously a reference to Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, is it? It's shot in the same wide shot where Bart rolls up through the center. It's Lawrence of Arabia. He's coming through the desert. Oh, interesting. I didn't. Uh, I, I'm not as big of a movie guy. That's. Uh, I, and I know the Simpsons are perpetually stealing oh, shots yeah. from movies and stuff. So it's interesting that you it's. You will see uh, that shot in a lot of cartoons. American Dad has stolen that shot. Family Guy has stolen that shot. Simpsons has done it multiple times. I think Futurama's even done it once. Oh, the critic did it too, right? Yep, the critic did it as well. Interesting. I uh, so I uh, I. Uh, 
you know, they're at the gorge. They're about to jump. Lisa's about to rake in a whole lot of attention. <laughs> and uh, so the uh, Homer gets there. And as Bart's about to start riding down, he tackles him and knocks him aside. And all the kids boo. And they're all like, you know, pissed off that, you know, they, they don't get to see this kid kill himself, essentially. And, uh, you know, Homer has a real heart to heart with Bart. And he in, and he's like, listen, uh, you know, give me your skateboard. I'm going to jump. And so you get to see how it feels to watch someone, you know, someone basically try to kill yourself, which. Homer's tried to do before. Yep, with a big rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> Anywho, <laughs> uh, so I uh, Bart kind of like starts to sob, and and you know he doesn't want to see his dad get hurt, and he realizes that you know he he shouldn't be doing this, and you know it's like I love you, dad, I love you, you know, son. And another cartoony moment as Homer says, "I don't think I've ever felt as close to you as I do in this moment." <laughs> as the skateboard that he's on slowly starts to move away from Bart, and it starts to pick up speed, and he's riding down the gorge uh, or the the ramp to the gorge, and he jumps it. And Homer's like, I'm going to make it. I've never felt so alive in my life. (laughs) You know, he actually yells out, I'm the king of the world in that. Oh. (laughs) I'm the king of the world. Is that... Because that's a movie line. Well, that's Titanic. Titanic, but that's later on. It's before that. Yeah, it's before Titanic. Is Is that line from Titanic stolen from The Simpsons? Or is it stolen from something else? Or is it just sort of an in general statement? I feel like it might be an in general statement, but I, I you know, I don't know. Stole from the Simpsons. Titanic yep. stole from the Simpsons. Absolutely. Sure Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> uh, and we get to see more cartoony moments because Homer glides over the gorge and then drops and plummets. You know what's funny mm-hmm. is that in that Mac Raining said they wanted to not mimic Warner Brothers. Like they wanted to get as far from it as they could. So they had to make him bloody and crushed and horrible so that it really didn't look like that. You know, it's funny that you say that though, because the I mean, it still feels very Looney Tunes. Oh, it because does. They, no, it, it is the most Looney Tunes. <laughs> it becomes more Looney Tunes because they pop him up, they, they get him out of the gorge. They hit his head on the side of the gorge <laughs> as they're lifting him out. And another, this is another scene where I always crack up laughing. Yeah. They get him into the ambulance. They drive for less than a second. They hit a tree. <laughs> the pack opens up and Homer slides out, falls, and falls down the gorge yet again. Oh my god, this is probably one of my top five favorite scenes in the Simpsons period. I think this might be one of the most iconic scenes yeah. in any yeah. Simpsons. If you ask a casual fan, what do you remember about the Simpsons? They'll probably say this scene. Yeah. Uh, I do like, so to get back to Wendell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wendell's watching this entire thing happen in front of him, and as Homer's sliding back down the down the gorge, he turns his head and is about to puke. Oh, oh man! So as a kid, the blood in Homer's mouth kind of disgusted me a little bit when he was falling down the hill. It's a little. I mean, uh, Danielle was right. Like it is certainly different from Looney Tunes in that it is a little bit more visceral. Uh, there's certainly more blood there's certainly more you know like like actual damage so to speak and when he comes out of the back of the ambulance there's like a blood bag floating yeah. behind him too. <laughs> they were giving him a transfusion <laughs> oh god the the two second ambulance ride the one second ambulance ride i i always lose it when i see that that is so good uh so uh it cuts to the hospital springfield hospital uh there's a sign for cash only Oh, I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a sign for cash only, uh, which I thought was a little uh, weird. And uh, it's Homer next to Lance Murdoch. And he's, and this is probably, the to me, one of the lamer parts of the episodes is he says, think you have guts, try raising my kids. Which to me is like, okay, insert laugh track. Here we go. Sitcom moment. After all the hilarity that we saw in the previous scene of him bouncing down the gorge and being that ridiculous, they have kind of a sitcom-y ending. Like, oh, you think you got it bad? I've got kids. <laughs> and that's sort of the end. Would you have preferred Homer to have died? It just end right there? Dark. Would I have preferred <laughs> it? No. Would Marge and the family have been better for it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Things would have been a whole lot better for Marge. She would have moved on to be the president. 
we see what happens without without Mar- without uh, Homer in her life. She becomes the president. <laughs> Colonel Clink said so. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, what is your uh, in your opinion the lasting impact of this episode on the Simpsons? I think everybody's going to say the exact same thing. I think it's the gorge scene. The gorge scene. Jump in the gorge. Jump in the gorge. So iconic of a yeah. moment. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, so is that for you as well, Danielle? Oh, yeah, sort of absolutely. the gorge scene. Yeah. What about you, Glitch? <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned before, Homer's emotions, because we'll see that more and more. He's just always so involved with everything, ready to cry, ready to scream. Um, it it kind of, as we've seen in the second season, mm-hmm. Homer becomes less of an angry dad and more just. I mean. I guess he is angry. I dad. mean, he is always an angry dad. <laughs> he actually is just angry dad, but, right? Um, but yeah, he's just he's just a human being, and we see that more in the second season. Uh, in the slapstick, I think we see more slapstick. That is my uh, ch- uh, vote for the lasting impact of this episode. Is I feel like this might be. Now, mind you, I've not seen the fan fiction seasons, of course. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, like, this might be the most slapstick, the most cartoony that s- the Simpsons get, you know. And I mean, mind you, that is because of the gorge and stuff, you know. But, like, there are so many moments in the episode where it's like, it's like the Truckosaurus. Like, that's so weird. Like, so much of the Simpsons, at least up until this point, is kind of grounded in reality. Getting lost in the woods, uh, you know, like having trouble at work. Tempting suicide. <laughs> but there's just so much that, uh, uh, you know, is it, very much grounded in reality. And then here we have an episode where a giant dinosaur robot destroys the Simpsons car. And then Homer jumps a gorge, falls, gets brought back up, falls again, and then put in the hospital. Like, that's so cartoony and weird. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Like, isn't that bizarre? And weird. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? I, I feel like that's sort of uh, uh, kind of the... And we also uh, kind of find out that Otto is a killer. Yeah. <laughs> we throw bodies into the Springfield Gorge. Or at least potentially wants to. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> already knew he was a deadbeat, but we didn't know he was a sociopathic deadbeat. So it's it's nice to know we have that in the uh, back of our head. Though, I mean, let's face it, Otto is sort of like still stuck in high school mode and I feel like that's what a high schooler would say if they went to a gorge on a field trip is like I bet you could throw a body down there and nobody would find it <laughs> like that edgelord type stuff I feel like maybe Otto is just sort of like has that high school mentality and he's stuck that way and so that's what his response was I don't know uh, so you know that's another lasting impact for this episode <laughs> is uh, uh, you know the fact that Otto is sociopathic or uh, you know edgelord one or the other edgelord I think the sociopath is Mo. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that makes more sense. Uh, but I tell you what, before we wrap everything up here today, uh, our special guests here, uh, I just wanted to uh, touch base with you guys. Uh, Glitch, you are on the Legend of Retro show with me, uh, which comes out every Thursday. So any of our fans of uh, Noiseland Arcade who have not experienced it get to uh, listen to that show. But tell us uh, what they uh, get a hold of when uh, they uh, uh, listen to us on Legend of Retro. So on the Legend of Retro, we talk about retro games. Uh, you can find uh, Craig, myself, Xander and Chops, they're talking about retro games uh, from everything from Pitfall to stuff that's, you know, 10 years old. That's our that's our that's our borderline. Mm-hmm. We do everything that's at least 10 years old uh, and before that. Um, if you're a patron, uh, obviously, not only do you get these Noiseland Arcade uh, Patreon episodes. What do you, what do you get? Smart Line. Smart Line. That's right. Uh, you can also get for one dollar. Uh, early access to Legend of Retro's Retro Relapse videos, mm-hmm. uh, another vote for our music brackets yeah. or, or whatever bracket we're doing at the time, and then for five dollars you get an uh, our Game Shark episode, which is an extra episode a month. Yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, bang for your buck. So if you're considering uh, supporting Noiseland Arcade anyway, you get a whole lot of perks uh, even for uh, the Legend of Retro show. So make sure to listen to uh, The Glitch and I. And uh, if you're looking for a Sean episode, uh, we have the arcade fandom himself on the uh, Bart vs. the Space Mutants for NES. So that's uh, maybe a good jumping in point. And then uh, you can start listening to uh, us there as well. Uh, And Danielle, uh, what have you had uh, going on lately? Um, I actually have my own baking business. Yeah. Uh, it's called Back in the Day Bakery. And that's just a reference to the fact that I make things the old way. I don't old use... Old-fashioned style. Yeah, like mixes and stuff like that. I do it all by myself. Every, you know, mm-hmm. all original ingredients. So you would say that um, you have a retro bake shop. Is that right? Absolutely. 
uh, as, you know, as far as <laughs> how I make the things that, that are there. But um, anyone that's in the Metro Detroit area, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram uh, at BITD Bakery. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope you like it. Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, I mean, we've mentioned plenty of times before on the show, especially when I'm, you know, looking up Detroit, old, old Detroit <laughs> free presses that we're from the Metro Detroit area. So if you're also in the Metro Detroit area and you need some baked goods, well, you know where to go. Uh, but uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, sign off here. I think uh, the Arcade Phantom was uh, telling me he wanted to jump a gorge on a skateboard. Oh, I'm going to jump your car with the skateboard <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be a gorge. Go big or go home, Sean. We're doing this. Where you can take a it. Gorge. I. It's where I put all my bodies. Oh, okay, <laughs> just look for your bodies. Yeah, don't worry. No, don't look for the bodies. <laughs> you better make the jump because if they go searching down there, I'm gonna really make you regret it. <laughs> See you all next time. Thanks for listening.